Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. So this week, I wanted to record an episode with a psychologist who might provide some honest and comforting words to us during this bizarre time. You know, when people say, I really want to stay positive or I want to, you know, like at the end of the day, like our days are just full of little moments. And if, you know, it's like, it's not necessarily about making the best of each moment. Sometimes you just don't bloody feel like making the best of a particular moment or you're angry or you're sad or this is, it's really hard at that time. And those are the moments, I suppose, it's about where it's about kind of, you know, checking in with yourself and showing yourself compassion in those moments. Dr. Mally Coyne is a clinical psychologist, author and psychology lecturer. She also sits on the mental health advisory panel for the Lust for Life charity and she released her book Love In, Love Out, A Compassionate Approach to Parenting Your Anxious Child this summer. We met for the first time last September and I've wanted to record a conversation with her for ages. She lives in Galway with her husband Pete and their two daughters, Jessica who's nine and Amy who's seven. On Tuesday we sat down to have a conversation and we covered a lot during the chat. So instead of releasing one very long episode, I've split it. This is the first part and in the second coming next week we look at questions that were sent in by listeners. So we're six months into life with COVID-19 in Ireland. There was a degree of relaxation of restrictions during the summer but we're now into the second wave of measures with Dublin and Donegal currently on level three of the government's five level living with COVID plan to tackle the virus over the next six months. There's a lot of stress and there's a lot of uncertainty to be felt amongst people, myself included. So I hope this conversation can help you realise that whatever you're feeling is okay and that you're not on your own. Here it is. We had the pandemic which began for us, I suppose, in Ireland in March. And then we had the restrictions and all of that was really difficult to, to deal with at the time. It, for different people, it was they had their own unique experiences, but there was a general sense in Ireland and in the world of, oh my God, we can't believe this has happened and our lives have completely changed. And then, as you said, for the summer then, you know, it was, you know, I mean, I'm a parent, I have two kids, you know, having the kids at home the whole time, you really kind of felt that they were, that this was very different and that people, lots of people out there, you know, are, are, were working from home and still are working from home and just life as they knew it completely changed and a lot of worries about health and I suppose we're all, humans are very anxious by our own nature. We all have a brain that's focused towards threat and we need to be like that because 
that's how we survive as humans. That's how we have survived all these years. But the, the thing is, the threat, you know, what's happened with COVID is that it's almost like COVID has become and all of its repercussions have become like the predator. And for people who are more, maybe more prone to anxiety or for people who've had a particularly difficult time, you know, certain segments of society or individuals who've really had a hard time, it's it's been incredibly difficult mm. um, for many. And I think, you know, what struck me about what you said there was, you know, we had a summer then and I think we all kind of thought, OK, you know, once the kids go back to school, that'll kind of signal a bit of normality. And once, you know, the numbers were really low, like July, August, you know, like, you know, things were starting to look up. Fair enough, we still couldn't have like our events that we liked having or whatever, but we were kind of looking towards going out again, going to restaurants and you know, maybe not in the same way, but we were kind of getting used to this new normal or whatever yeah. people say. Some people just don't even like saying new normal because they can't accept this as being normal. The new abnormal, somebody else said to yeah. me. Um, but I think now I, 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 I totally feel <clears throat> what you're saying because you've got these new restrictions in Dublin and every time I watch the news or, you know, there's another county that has been added to the list of, you know, counties that we're worried about. And I think... You know, coming into the winter, the darker nights, the colder weather, the times where we get sick anyway, there is more worry and uncertainty now because it's like our patience has almost run out. We we, we felt we had done it. And mm. then to kind of almost get to that point where you felt you had, you know, overcome this. And now here we are again. It's really difficult for the human psyche. This, these are, this is our brain. So our brain is like, I suppose, the beauty of human beings is that we have great imaginations. We have this prefrontal cortex, which is the reasoning part of your brain that can imagine things. That's that's the basis of our creativity and our the basis of being able to problem solve. Um, but also it's the basis of our anxiety and we can imagine the future, whereas other species can't imagine the future like we can. So there is, you know, Liz Gilbert in, in that podcast I was speaking to you about, but what she kind of talked about like how there is a paradox. We have this um, threat focused brain that really looks into the future and that is very normal for us to do. But yet humans, I think sometimes we forget that we're incredibly adaptable as well. Like who knew all these months ago, if you had said to us even this time last year, oh, you're, you know, you're going to be through, you know, even at the beginning of the year, like 2020 is just going to be the craziest year of your lives. If even older people can say that now, they have never lived what we are currently living. So um, I think, you know, it's important to also think about how resilient we are as a species, how you have come from a line of, you know, resilient people. That's how you've came to come to be on this planet right now living. And that's not, though, to discount how you're currently feeling. And it's it's very normal to feel you know, to look into the future, to want to plan. We all like planning. It makes us feel like we have a sense of control. But I think an important thing that this has all taught us is that we don't really have control over the outer world. We might have a little bit of control over the things we do every day, which we can talk about. But in terms of the outside world, when you were driving here this morning, when I was driving here this morning, we didn't really have control mm. over what might happen to us. You know, we're, we're constantly taking risks and that's a normal thing. So... I think and we forget that, don't we? We forget yeah. we forget that we actually can't control everything. Mm. And it depends on the personality type, I suppose, as well. And I think the the version of me that existed maybe 10 years ago or further back probably would have liked to have felt a sense of control more. And I've I think life has taught me that you got to surrender thing to things because we just we just don't know. We just don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. Sometimes life comes at you thick and fast and you're forced to stop. And sometimes that stopping is not just stopping or taking a breath. Sometimes you have to allow yourself to fall down and crumble. And that sounds dramatic. I know that. But sometimes, you know, the trying to be brave and stoic and I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be OK. Sometimes I feel from personal experience that, that can be more damaging to try and convince yourself and think yourself into positivity. That sometimes what you need to do is allow yourself to go, whoa, this is full on now for me. And the reason I'm saying this is, I suppose, as you have said, 
we're all having our own unique experiences of this. Some people have, and we know because we've got a flood of messages on Instagram, people wanting your opinion on different things. A lot of people are grieving, either grieving people who've passed away during this time, they haven't had the regular funeral or people who are grieving the life that they had before COVID and how things have changed depending on the work situation, relationships, family dynamics, all of that. And, and sometimes it can be, it can feel, and the word was used a lot, unbearable mm. or too much. And I worry for that, for those people, because, you know, I've been that soldier where it's just felt like too bloody much for one person to to process and take on. And and, and, and I think you, we need to watch out for, for people who are feeling that way because um, isolation can sometimes just make it, I suppose, feel all the more heavy and dark. I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole because I'm kind of tapping into a, a, a me that I'm remembering uh, right now and I didn't mean to do that mm. but I'm just sensing that there's a there's a lot of emotion going on there's also a lot of joy there's a lot of positive experiences through this time so to cover it all in one podcast is quite a big ask but I, I do think honoring wherever we're at is an important step isn't it acceptance yeah I mean that's really important whatever experience you're having right now it's okay Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's okay, you know, and I think, you know, an important point there, Sheila, is that, you know, sometimes what can make a feeling worse is to feel shamed or to feel ashamed of having that feeling like I shouldn't be feeling good right now. There's people dying or there's people in much worse situations than me. I shouldn't be feeling that or I shouldn't be feeling so anxious. I should be able to send my child to school right now, but I'm just crippled with anxiety or I shouldn't. I should be kind of a bit better off by now. Somebody, you know, some a loved one died a few months ago and I, sh I should be a little bit better off now or other people think I should and it's like the sh the second should creeps in mm. that's like where shame creeps in and that actually makes the suffering even worse and like suffering is part of life and I think you know we're just all experiencing uh, COVID and the everything in a different way and that's okay and, yeah. and I, I agree with you there sometimes you do have to fall apart or uh, you know it's it's like a process before you can kind of, you know, see the light as such, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's just very different for for everyone. And I think if if you mindfulness, I suppose, and that's where I'm really interested in compassion and compassion focused therapy. And, and the three elements of that are um, mindfulness is all about paying attention to how you feel in the moment and without kind of judgment. Mm. So, you know, not judging, OK, well, I'm feeling like crap right now or this is really, you know, this is really hard or, you know, like it's just literally paying attention to observing it. Observing it. Observing and like yeah. observing it even adds that bit of distance because you're like this or even naming it like I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling joyful. I'm feeling excited. You it's know. important to say the feeling, isn't it? My understanding of it is that sometimes when somebody says I'm angry, you're better off saying I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling angry. So yeah. you're you're that's a, that word in itself, as you said, it, it is that step back. So you're not actually labeling yourself as an angry person, mm. but you're recognizing that it's a feeling and feelings come and go. Yeah. And I and I think that's the whole thing. I mean, the compassion it comes from the Eastern traditions, which I think we can learn so much from. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, it's this idea of um, it's OK. Like, this is really hard for me right now. So there's a thing called a self-compassion break. You can actually just Google it online. Um, Kristen Neff does a great one, you know, audio versions of like three minutes or whatever. And it's basically this idea of mindfulness, which is you know, I'm feeling like this. You, you think of something that's mildly distressing for you, but not really distressing, like just mildly. Okay. And then you kind of close your eyes and you think of like, you know, this is I'm feeling like this and this is hard for me right now. This is hard. And then common humanity comes in and common humanity is this idea that suffering gets worse if we feel alone in that suffering and very often we do feel alone in suffering we feel like oh my god like that person has it so much better than me or I can't share that because they won't understand and I think one thing COVID has really kind of proven to us or shown us is that we are all in this world community of humans 
we're all in this together. Like, you know, if you look at the news at different countries, it's like different permutations. But really, every there's human beings on each of those um, in the, each of those countries that are going through similar things. And it's not to discount how you're feeling right now, but it's just to say it's okay, I'm not alone right now. So part of that self-compassion break is, this is hard for me right now. This is how I'm feeling, which is mindfulness, then common humanity. I'm not alone. This is what it feels like to be sad as a human, or this is what it feels like to feel insurmountable grief, you mm. know, even like that. And then the last one is kindness and self-kindness. And it's it's like, basically, you can do this, you can put a ha- your hand over your heart or give yourself a hug and all of that releases this lovely cuddle oxytocin hormone. And basically saying, because I'm suffering, may, may I be kind to myself in this moment? Mm. You know, may I be kind? And a lot of people struggle with that because maybe, you know, you learn how to self-soothe from the time you're very young. And that's from experiences of being soothed by your caregiver, your parent. And sometimes that can be difficult for people as they grow older. So sometimes when a client comes into me, I'll just say to them, if your f- best friend came to you right now and said they were, you know, going through something, you know, what you're going through, exactly what you're going through, what would how would you react to them? Mm. And sometimes it can be easier to say, what would you say? How would you be kind to your best friend? And then to show yourself that kindness. So yes. I think compassion has this, you know, and that's why I mean, like, that's why I kind of included it in, in my book. It's It's just it has the power to kind of to increase your soothing system because we have these three circles. One is threat and one is soothing and one is drive. And it has the power to really increase your soothing system so that you're able to then calm down the anxiety and the the feelings of threat. So it's all about doing things that are good for you, you know, connecting with other people, doing things that universally make humans feel good but it can be sometimes hard to to do that for ourselves I find sometimes as well your younger self Mm, and looking at a photo of yourself as a kid and how you'd speak to yourself like how you speak to a kid Um, and and what you've touched on there has already come up in some previous uh, podcast episodes we did one with Annie Lavin who's a relationship expert and she was talking about the power of self-soothing and actually giving yourself a hug as well was something that came up it's so important because people are experiencing and again it came up in the questions loneliness be it living fully on their own, are people who find themselves in relationships that are not maybe fulfilling and they're feeling loneliness in that environment. We got to learn to be our own rescuer, don't we? In a way, yeah. And I'm, I, I, in a way we do, yeah. And it's about kind of um, minding our little selves. And I, that's a lovely concept. I absolutely love that. Um, and we, we do, but we're also very social beings. And I think what's been really hard about the last few months is that usually, you know, when we, when humans deal with threat and is that we usually try to kind of assemble the troops around us to help us. And it's been harder. Like even this morning when we met, we couldn't even give each other a hug like we would have a few months ago. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's really hard. Like I've heard that from parents out there, from any from lots of people out there just that, you know, not being able to hug grandparents anymore, not being able to just... F- and then everybody having a different view of the, the sense of threat. Like, some people are comfortable, you know, seeing each other. Some people are, are not. You know, like, there's so many different minefields, even that it's, it's it's you know, it's harder because we, we can't rely on our... We're not... I suppose it's harder for people who are lonely because, you know, to reach out... Some people are not into doing online reaching out or on the phone or that kind of thing. So Mm. I think a few months ago, there was this big mobilization when COVID first happened of trying to, you know, really help people out there and, you know, your elderly neighbor and people who are struggling. And I suppose I would appeal to people that, you know, what will what can really help as well with your own feelings is is to is to just have that little bit of reaching out, because I think what we're missing out on as well is acquaintance smile, smiling and, and little conversations that we used to have in Ireland. Yeah. I think that's lovely about Ireland. I'm half Dutch, so I really noticed that in Ireland, you know, the little chat with somebody at a bus stop or in a shop or something, you know, just the tiny thing Absolutely. that can just give you that bit of a boost. And we're just not having that yeah. as much anymore. Um You know, stuff that was coming up months ago that is still relevant now, if not more relevant now, is how will this psychologically impact us? Because 
I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, I recorded a podcast early April and it was just me chatting in the wardrobe at home. And and I was kind of saying at the time, I think it's inevitable that this time is going to change us. But I, I think at the time we were we didn't know what the next six months, next year is going to hold. We still don't, obviously. But I think it's already changing us, is it? Yeah, but like humans and the world are used to are constantly evolving and changing anyway. Do you know mm. what I mean? So, yes, it it it, it like you so know, it's not I, all bad. Basically. It's not all bad. At this, you know, I kind of, you know, before I wrote the book, I was talking about the perfect storm, about why we were so anxious back in the day. That feels like, you know, pre 2020. And I, you know, I was talking about like the combination of our threat focused brain, which is always on with the crazy kind of technological world we live in, which isn't a bad thing to have technology. Of course, there's huge benefits, you know, to us being able to do this, for instance, today and that. But it's just this kind of always on culture of, you know, I suppose it's it's fo- phones, constant stream of news coming in the whole time. Um, you know, this this kind of focus on the results as opposed to the process. Um there was an awful lot, I suppose, going on. And I, I really feel like you, you I've heard it said as well that it's almost like COVID and what happened maybe helped us to recalibrate a little bit. And that's not to say for people who are really struggling out there, you know, like that might not be your experience. But for other people, you know, I've I've asked the question when I was doing my Facebook lives during the lockdown um, with the Lust for Life. You know, what parts of normal are worth rushing back to? Yeah. And I even like, you know, there was a father who brought their, his kid to like three birthday parties on a Saturday and started, you know, before lockdown and kind of thought like, was that really necessary? So maybe hopefully it might have given us a bit of time to reflect. So if you if you kind of think, well, what's the long term impact to this? I don't know what the long term impact will be, but I think humans have always struggled and I really hope that maybe there might be a little bit of learning and slowing down Mm. from all of this where Mm. we kind of realise like I've realised that I needed so much less and so did my kids like I just even just little moments of us cycling around within our 2k radius and kind of eating it like being so like grateful to get an ice cream from the shop and sit down and the weather was good and it's like this is life. This is okay. And I know that's not the situation for everyone. So I, my hands are around you if it's not your experience. But for some people, and it might have been that there were moments in between your grief and your sadness and what you were going through, that there might have been moments of light for you too. Mm. You're so, you know, you talk about compassion, but you're such a compassionate person and it's it just pours out you because that's the thing about this is I think having this conversation some people will find this really triggering and all we can do is is have an honest, open conversation, all the while knowing that everybody's experience of it is is their own. Um, and our intention is not to cause further pain into anyone's own world right now with our words, but also acknowledging the realness of it. And, and what you've hit on there is something you said earlier on. And when you spoke about it, I just I felt it when you spoke about shame. And you're right, because this is something that we experienced in our family unit as well. Myself, my partner and our little boy who's three. In the early part of lockdown, we were almost afraid to verbalize our joy because for us, we will look back on that period with huge, bizarrely huge fondness Mm. because we were in our little bubble like you. We get out on our bikes. We, you know, cycle to the duckies. We'd eat our banana bread and we were the textbook, like, you know what I do. But like we were just going, this is blissful. This is actually we are having the most precious time with our little man. And we were so fortunate to have that. We know we know it's not everybody's situation, but we were. I was almost a little bit afraid to to admit that to people for fear that I I can't be seen to to express joy in this in this time of of difficulty, uncertainty. And don't get me wrong, like my my career has massively been impacted. My finances have been massively impacted during this time. So it hasn't been a bed of roses for me. But I was able to focus on the stuff that was good. It's not always that way either, though. So I think, is it true that we're going through different phases? So early doors, I felt a lot of fear, anxiety. Then I went into kind of really embracing gratitude and present moment awareness and loving that. Uh, and then it was kind of like, what's to be learned here? What's the lesson? But are we kind of, are we entering back into a fear zone again? Or is it completely different for all of us? Do we all have our own process with it? I think there there are phases, general phases, like you have felt from outside 
from people around you that there was another kind of period of uncertainty or feeling uncertain. And I felt that a few weeks ago and that's why I kind of, I did a Facebook Live. I hadn't done one in months and I redid one like I think two weeks ago because I really, there was a lot of parents who just had kids back in school and then there was this whole idea of if my child has a sniffle, does that mean they have to stay home? You know, what if schools close again? And all of that was kind of resurfacing for people in the first few weeks after going back to school. And I think we also experience things then individually as well. So we experience things collectively and then we do we experience things individually. But like, I think I hear what you're saying. You had beautiful moments. And I and I, I kind of think, you know, when people say I really want to stay positive or I want to, you know, like at the end of the day, like our days are just full of little moments. And if you know, it's like it's not necessarily about making. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Making the best of each moment. Sometimes you just don't bloody feel like making the best of a particular moment or you're angry or you're sad or this is, it's really hard at that time. And those are the moments, I suppose, it's about where it's about kind of you know, checking in with yourself and showing yourself compassion in those moments. Um, but it's just it's OK to have a roller coaster of emotions because that's just the way we are as human beings. And I think if we try to say, OK, I'm going to be positive here, I'm going to have a good attitude, I'm going to be grateful every day, I'm going to, you know, do this, that and the other. I mean, I, I have lots of tools I could talk to you about, Sheila. And, you know, I like there's but but at the end of the day and I remember doing a documentary a few years ago it was called Stressed it was on RT1 and um, I was working with this participant his name is Jonathan he's in my book and he mm. was really stressed because um, he wanted more time with family but he was running two businesses and but he was he also had an incredible drive and that was a fear-based drive so it was kind of like if I don't get to be you know, make this much money, then I'm no one. You know, if I don't, whatever, then and that all came from early kind of history. And this was yeah. this was documented in the documentary. So it's OK for me to say it. But and then I was like, oh, my God, like, how the heck am I going to do this on telly? Like people watching me, you know, how am I going to like and I bought this like relaxation and stress workbook. And I was like, shit, like, how am I going to actually like show that I can not even show, but like, how can I help this guy? Right. And it was around that time that I learned about compassion focused therapy. And like, 
you know, it, it stripped away all of that and it wasn't, it was no longer about the tools, even though the tools are important and there's little tools we can talk about that might be able to help in terms of looking at worries you can control and ones you can't and writing lists and all that kind of stuff. But it was more like, you know, what was important for me to do with him was to kind of go a little bit further back and to look at where his idea of I'm not good enough came from, you know, and many of us walk around the planet thinking we're not good enough and it comes from like a deep part within mm. ourselves. And that's what makes it hard. You can say, do this for yourself, do that for, you know, self-care and blah, blah, blah. But if you don't, if if you find that really difficult to do for yourself, there's something deeper inside um, and that you may need help with, you know, with a professional or may need to talk to somebody you trust about that. Um, but but I suppose for him, even though the TV producers wanted really visual things for us to do, like jumping off diving boards and things like that, um, you know, it was like a framework where we looked at trying to increase his soothing circle and trying to do things where he would like I remember him saying like literally he'd be I'd have a meeting in Dublin and he'd leave Galway and literally he would leave leave himself like an hour and a half to drive and then he would like boot it down the motorway like think of your like adrenaline levels and your stress he would get to the hotel 10 minutes late no time for a toilet no time to get a coffee no time for anything land in the meeting and just like blah 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 you know and then compare that to like him reflecting on that and then kind of going, OK, you know, the next time he did it, he gave himself plenty of time to go. He was able to stop and then actually get to Dublin and actually have time to like center himself and to just be present, even to wait in a car park for a while. Oh, my God, like humans are afraid to like wait. And then when we have to wait, we get our, our mobile phones. And I'm not judging anyone because I do the same thing. But it's like it just helped him to realize that it wasn't it was only feeding his threat system to leave late for a meeting and to like boot it down the motorway. So, you know, to, in order to soothe him, it was about taking a bit more time and having more time with the family and switching off at six o'clock and not always answering his phone and literally switching it off. And I've noticed you do that as well on social media. You might kind of say, I, I didn't take my phone out, uh, you know, and that and I'm really grateful that I didn't. And kind of just making those little choices for yourself. I think the whole thing of... Um, from Liz Gilbert, I also heard that we are steward, stewards of our senses. So that means that whatever you take in every day, mm. you have choices around that. So if you choose to watch Sky News every hour on the hour, um, then that's your choice. Yeah. But is that going to be good in terms of feeding, feeding your soothing circle? No, it won't. It'll feed your your threat circle. So and the brain believes whatever it hears totally. or sees. So let's let's get a bit more at least control that yeah. we can control that we, we can, can control that we can while we can, we're listening to what we we're can watching. yeah and, and reducing that down and maybe kind of going i'm gonna i'm not saying like live in the dark but just maybe choose one reliable source of information and then just go with that to inform yourself and then s try to switch it off if you can it's like about kind of taking a step back and going what's the next best thing for me right now? And it might just be the next best thing for me right now is to get into the shower because I know it'll make me feel better or to go for a walk or to pick up the phone or wh whatever it is. Find the your next thing. best. Yeah, what's your potion? I like that. You know, what's your potion? Find your thing. But it doesn't have to be something huge. It's know? funny, on the way in, I was listening to News Talk and uh, Pat Kenny was talking about um, meditation and how he doesn't get it at all and how he tried transcendental meditation and I love effectively, it. effectively, he, he, you know, the vibe was he thought it was all nonsense and he doesn't do it. I was kind of smiling along listening to it because the next item on the following radio show was that they were going to discuss this rise in popularity of meditation. It's okay. become like the kind of go to thing and, and everybody is talking about it. Not everybody, but a lot of people are talking about it in one way or another, saying that they do it or they'd like to do it or whatever. And there is there is an interest now um, towards what is this about and how can I help? And we've discussed it before with other people on this podcast. And I suppose I wanted to bring it up because I I like it. It's helped me. Mm. It's something I'm into. Uh, but I would never, you know, because I do think sometimes there is a, again, there's this elitism that comes, I meditate. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and Dermot Whelan spoke about this really well in, in the chat we had 
good while back now um, that oftentimes it's not until we hit a crisis that mm. we go, OK, and now I need to meditate. Yeah, yeah. But like all things, if you start small and you just do small little steps, because a lot of people want to get into it and then don't know how mm. and it's too much and da, da, da. But it's just little, little, tiny steps, be it meditation or whatever it is. Mm. As you said, find your thing, find your potion. Love that. Um, and, 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 you know, build on it and it'll, it'll work. But for me, it's always the simple stuff when you're in that kind of survival mode, the fight or flight kind of thing that it's like, OK, am I breathing? Am I breathing deeply? Because mm. I often find that I'm always up in my not even my chest, it's in my throat. Like I'm really that shallow breathing. So it's about kind of that simple stuff, isn't it? And but that it doesn't need that, to be big. Yeah. yeah. Even saying that to yourself, you're immediately like if you're in that fight or flight and you're saying, am I breathing deeply or how am I breathing? You're you're instantly you're you're instantly regulating yourself, if you know what I mean, because yes. you're asking yourself that question. And like Eddie Murphy had a good thing to say uh, during one of the Facebook lives. He kind of said that some people are into like meditating or kind of doing like, you know, in a, in a kind of um, a sitting down version. And other people are more into like more physical versions. Yeah, like dynamic. Ty- yeah, like dynamic. Yeah, I don't have the exact word. No, not but at all. But yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So I, I feel like Tai Chi really appeals to me. I've never done it. But even my husband showed me one move and I was like, God, I really like that. And I'm really into like now that I get the bike out even on my own and I just go for really fast, dangerous cycles. Don't tell <laughs> anybody. But I really do like I, I like boot it down a hill and it makes me feel great. And I'm not thinking so that's my form of meditation in a way. It's my form of just not thinking about anything. It's it's activity for me because I've been sitting down a lot of the day. But uh, Brian Penny is a, a guy that wrote a book on um, his own kind of struggles with heroin, ad- heroin addiction and yes. how he came out of it. And he talks about habit stacking, which I really liked. And um, it's this idea of you know, rather than saying, oh, I need to try something new and I need to like meditate every day and I need to make time and all that. It's about like literally doing what you do anyway, but just adding something to it. So if you brush your teeth anyway, every day I have a shower, you know, every time you brush your teeth, you might think of rather than look at your phone, because some of us do, you might think of I'm going to uh, name three things that I'm grateful for. You know, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. I'm grateful I had a little hug with somebody. I'm grateful that I am going somewhere. I was great, re- really grateful to be coming here today. Um, I'm grateful that it's the sun is shining, you know, and that's like a, you've stacked it on to brushing your teeth. And then in the shower, it could be, you know, it's it's just about it's, it could be about like feeling the water on your skin. And, you know, is it hot? Is it cold? How is this for you? And just, I suppose, being more present in the moment and Mm. that's so it's about maybe just finding little moments because I I feel like if people think oh I have to start this practice now that they're just going to berate themselves for not doing it right and lots of meditators say they they actually have that feeling a lot as well yeah yeah yeah. and and, and you're right sometimes it is just a simple stuff of like what can I see where exactly where I am right now what can I Mm. see what can I hear what can I taste what can I sense so bringing all the senses in that is it Mm. like that is a great practice to do that present moment awareness so a lot of people listening might be thinking that's all well and good I've heard all of this before it all sounds brilliant but I just don't get it do you know Mm. what I mean I don't get it or it's I tried but it's not for me or it's not working my tuppence worth is like all things it takes time doesn't it like um, yeah. retraining habits or, mm. or, or, or adding in new, as you said, those building blocks or new elements or whatever it is, or creating new routines. It's not going to happen overnight. So go easy. Absolutely. Go easy. And also kind of maybe, you know, if you feel like there's a lot of barriers there to maybe look at what those barriers are. Because sometimes people, you know, they they might kind of sabotage themselves and say, I'm going to do like these five new things tomorrow. And then they don't do them and then they feel like crap. Um, But really, that's kind of like a self-sabotage because it was impossible for you to do those five things. And so therefore, you're you know, it doesn't mean you're a crap person that you didn't do them. You know, so it's if you if you have this negative voice inside your head. And by the way, we all have a negative voice inside our heads. Mm. It's it's not about I remember thinking it was all about like telling that negative voice go away and F off or whatever. But actually, it's it's more about when when it comes, because it always comes mm. about just turning the, the dial, the volume down on it a little bit and just trying to turn up the volume on something a little bit 
kinder. Like I didn't do what I was setting out to do today, but that's okay because this other thing came up and I'm having a hard day. I'm not feeling great, actually. How am I feeling? You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, and that's not to say you can't plan to do things. And like we, they do say, like during the COVID crisis, it is, you know, that this girl wrote this really article, good article, Susie Ladola on do you often feel overwhelmed by worry? And she kind of had this worry tree about talking about like what are worries? Like apparently 80% of our worries are not, you know, are kind of more hypothetical than real worries, things we can actually do something okay. about. And then she talks about every day trying to have a balance of doing something that you achieve and I'm not talking about major achievements. It could literally be I'm going to clean this small thing here over here or I'm going to, you know, I've been but not something massive, you know, but something you achieve even going for a walk or whatever, doing your bit of work, feeling that sense of achievement. We all kind of need that. And then having also connection with other people is really important in whatever way you can. And then having a sense of pleasure, doing doing the crap things that you'd never want people to see you. You know, like I watch Say Yes to the Dress <laughs> on repeat. My husband keeps saying, you're married, you got your dress. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'll be getting another dress if you go on like this. <laughs> Actually, I had that not so long ago as well, where <laughs> himself was away for a night. Yeah. And I watched House Lose Guy in 10 days. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Was it? It was amazing. I, I was, can't watch uh, I was this like, crap with a man. And I, I sent him a screen grab and he was like, I'm so glad. Well, see, the mm. thing is, if he was there, I'd never get to watch it. Totally. <laughs> like, this is heaven. I know. I'm so ridiculous. Anyway, um, I love it. Um, so you need those moments of so ridiculous as well. You know, those ridiculous things. Ridiculous, play, yeah. fun. P- yeah. It's important. I mean, even you describing yourself flying down the hill on the bike, I was almost imagining you as a girl. Really? Is yeah. it because, like, did you like cycling as a kid? The reason I say that is oftentimes I think the stuff that we like as adults is might might have been stuff that we enjoyed when we were kids. Yeah. But sometimes we get we forget. Yeah. The stuff that gave us a thrill when we were younger. Yeah, and they do say actually, like, and Liz Gilbert again in that podcast, which is like mention the podcast. It was in case during people... the. T- it was it was a, it's a TED podcast, right? And it was in April. I can share the link with you with you on your Instagram, but it's basically, um, you know something to do with dealing with your overwhelm here's what to do with it or something like that it was recorded in april um and it was like on on facebook and then they made it into a podcast but basically what she said was if you've been an anxious child in any way that that you almost you know anxious children sometimes soothe themselves by using play or creativity or you know fast movement and i certainly did do that i think okay. i you know and that if you're thinking now what is my potion maybe go back to when you were 10 before you knew how to soothe yourself in other ways using maybe alcohol or I don't know, like shopping or whatever things that mightn't be as as healthy for you, smoking, whatever it is, um, that you would kind of go back to when you were that age and what you actually enjoyed. So I don't know, the cycling, I'm half Dutch, so I guess I always like... You lived on a bike. Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. But I just, for me, it's just, it's feeling the air. For me, like... I, I live in an estate where there's, you know, we can go, go for walks, which I'm so grateful for. And just to kind of see nature and to feel the air and to even a few weeks ago, I was saying to my friend, like, finally, I feel the season of autumn and the kids are back in school. And this is how it's meant to be, if you mm, know what I mean, because uh-huh. the whole world, like even during COVID, dur- during COVID, we're still in COVID, during the lockdown, I mean, yeah. it, it was great weather and it just felt like, what the heck is going on like with Ireland, seriously? And then the summer is pretty crap. And then, but now the leaves are starting to fall off and the kids are in school. It, hopefully your kids are in school, but you know, but then we're th- also thinking to like, what about can they trick or treat and what's going to, you know, can we book Santa for Christmas and all these kind of, th- I'm not even going to go there. I wanted to ask you about that because I think what's on a lot of people's minds right now is maybe not even necessarily Halloween. They're kind of looking ahead mm. to Christmas 2020. What is that going to look like? Yeah. Particularly for a lot of us that are maybe not not living in our home con- county. Some people are not even living in their home country. Yeah. But a lot of us are, are dispersed around the country. Not everybody lives in their home county. No. Um, like in my family unit, I have siblings. We we're like we're in different places. Yeah. So same, Chris, same. Christmas 2020 doesn't look like the family in the one room together right now. No, I mean, my dad has just turned 80 and he's in Spain. I'm 
going get, to get upset even thinking about him. But he, you know, he'd usually come back to Ireland a few times a year and obviously he can't leave now. And he's just turned 80. We missed his party back in April. But it's just, you know, he would have come during the summer. He would yeah. have seen my daughter in her in her show because she does a, a, a musical show. And then we would have seen each other Christmas and he would have been home for the panto. And, you know, a lot of our kind of... And that's just my situation, you know, um, and I, I have siblings living around in different countries similar, similar to you, you know, and it's 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 really it's um, what words of comfort like I suppose you've 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 survived up to now. And I know we've all survived in different ways, but, you know, I guess like I th- I'm thinking about Halloween and I'm thinking about Chris and I'm thinking like. We don't know now how things will be then. So, you know, to worry about that now is futile. probably, a, yeah, a, a futile. It's kind of a, a waste because we don't know. You know, yeah. we, we, all we know is that things change and we don't know what things will be like then. Um, but as you said, we're wired as humans to think to the future. To think so. to the future, absolutely. And, and to plan. Yeah. And, and organise and get our hopes up. I suppose like in the summer we were kind of thinking, you know, families reuniting at Christmas. I know. All, you know. And and like, I'm I'm showing myself kindness for like you know missing my dad, and I'm yeah. WhatsApping him and saying I'm gonna miss you, and you know I hope to see you as soon as we can, and you know like just to you know to give yourself a big hug for that, you know that 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 it is it is hard. We're, you're not going to be alone in that situation, you know. Um, we're we're all going to be struggling in certain ways, but hopefully, with the strength that we've managed to kind of show, and and you know that gut instinct and that ability to kind of, you know, be resilient. Yeah, to just get back up again. That yeah. will be the case again at Halloween. We'll manage it. We'll Christmas. We'll manage, but it it is really hard. Yes, it's yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, and it's important to just acknowledge that. Yeah. One last thing before we go to the questions. I wanted to talk about routine and the importance of having a good, I suppose, self-care routine that even if you don't have one now, it is never too late to start putting small little steps in place to make you feel better. Like for me, simple things like I now have committed to drink. Sounds so simple. And to some people, it probably is a bit like, okay, you're making a big deal out of drinking water. But like for me, you have water here, by the way. Yeah. And I haven't touched it, (laughs) but I'm committing now before I have my cup of coffee Mm -hmm. that I drink two big glasses of water. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a great person altogether. But it is just simple things because it kind of boosts my self-esteem or my feelings of self-worth that I'm looking after myself, that I'm doing a small little thing. And I've got into the habit of it now. So that's just what I do. I Mm -hmm. wake up in the morning. And I throw two big glasses of water into me and then I ha- enjoy my coffee. I feel better. Yeah. So it's what the point I'm trying to make is it is important to start implementing healthy, small, little steps that create a new routine because most of our lives have changed in one way or another. A lot of us are not commuting to work, so we have perhaps more time or less time, depending. But um, it is important, isn't it, to have routines? It is. I mean, humans thrive on routine. Kids thrive on routine. That's why I think it was so hard during the that when they weren't in school and that. But so do adults. And it's it is important to have those little, you know, if you're not getting up to get showered to go to work, well, still get up, get showered and maybe have it in your mind of when you will be starting work at home. And if you feel that you'd you'd feel better after going for a quick walk, if if that's possible, you drop the kids to school, you're able to do, you know, I drop the kids a little bit further from school now so that we can all walk in a little bit because they don't want us in the building anywhere or outside the building. So just small little things that you can do when I come home from work, because I'm still going into a primary care centre every day rather than go straight into the house because I know I'll feel overwhelmed if I've got the kids straight in, you know, like, mommy, 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 you know. I just park the car near the house. I put on my runners and I go for a quick five-minute lap because I just, for my head, I need it Mm. because I don't know when that is the next time I'll get that opportunity. So just, you know, small little things, you know, obviously if you eat better, you're going to feel better. Sleep, you've had somebody on about sleep and and that's really important, you know, to kind of look at. So it's maybe like I in my book, I talk about the lotus of self-care. I love the idea of the lotus, which, you know, it has the muddy bottom to it, but then it's got a jewel inside of it, which is like this fusion of our wisdom and then daily practices. So it's kind of like 
it is important to try to prioritise or to look at what are the things each day that I can do for myself. And then I kind of divided it into like the five leaves were like physical self-care, social self-care, emotional, psychological, spiritual, and then kind of looking at each area and going, what am I already doing for each of those areas? What would I like to do? And what do I what help do I need to do it? So you mightn't be you you might love going for a walk, but you mightn't be able to do that because you're you've got, you know, you can't physically do it because you've kids at home all the time or you don't have the, or whatever. So it's about kind of figuring out what maybe needs to change, what support might you need around you to make that happen. And that's something you could probably easily do, get a piece of paper mm. and either like draw out the yeah. symbol of the lotus or a circle or whatever works for you. Yeah, I have it. I have one here actually yeah so I have a lotus of self-care and I, I do this like I'm doing I'm doing a lecture tomorrow night with the recovery college in Galway which is for people with mental health issues and we're all we're looking at in a very practical way how they can help with their self-care so people yeah. who are you know who have significant mental health issues and what can help them on a daily basis but that can help anybody yeah, do you know yeah, anybody yeah. out there yeah. at all so maybe the night before you know write down some small simple things they don't have to be huge because that the last thing we want to add to the mix is overwhelmed a lot of people are already feeling quite overwhelmed in the situation they find themselves in but what small thing can i do tomorrow can i you know up the veg intake get outside go for whatever it is and uh, and and it might just help certainly does help me yeah so um and and, and it's, you're, you know you're saying the same so it might just be the little the little thing that you can just add in the little tool that can help you uh, feel a bit better in this strange time and that's where we're going to leave the conversation for now in the next episode we'll delve into your questions which cover topics like grief uncertainty loneliness family dynamics and lots more as always, I love to hear your feedback. So if you can, take a minute to rate this podcast. Leave a little comment. I promise it only takes a minute. And hit subscribe. I'd be so grateful. Thank you, as always, for listening to Ready To Be Real Conversations. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.